Hi, I'm Juliana Martins, and this is Behind the Media. Recently, I had the pleasure and task of putting on a red carpet and concert event for the music discovery app MusicSwipe in Hollywood to launch their beta testing phase to the public. Event planning is a key part of PR as it's just another tactic to garnering attention, awareness, and buzz on whatever the priority product and concept is. It's also super memorable for all guests and media involved, so they'll be thinking about your brand and client long term. Today, I'm talking to Christina Monteleone Boyarski, who helped me put on this event. Christina has been in PR for eight years, and we actually worked together closely for three and a half of those years in an agency in New York. We're going to give you an all-access pass to how event planning works, the good, the bad, and the Chick-fil-A without plates. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Christina. I am so excited to have Christina Boyarski on today. This is has been one of my really good friends for how many years now? Four years? Five? I guess like four or five. Yeah. Four or five now. And not only are we really good friends, but we used to work together at a PR agency for three and a half years. And we worked directly with each other. I reported to her every single day. So we just have such a good working relationship and had a good friendship um, on the other end of that. And I think that's so rare to find. So, so excited to have you on today. You're so special in my life and such a boss PR woman. And so I know everybody is going to be so excited to hear insights today. Well, you're awesome. And I'm so excited to be here as a guest on your very own podcast. Woohoo. So to give you guys some background, Christina and I both started our own company. So we were at a, a previous agency together and then I started my own company 1111 Media Relations a bit of a while ago and then she just recently started her own business CNB Media Consulting. And so we decided since we already know we have such a great working relationship, we have a great friendship as well that we would partner and tackle certain clients together and certain projects because obviously two of us is better than one of us. And so recently I got the awesome opportunity to work with this brand called Music Swipe. It is a music discovery app that pairs listeners to emerging and rising artists. Basically, when you're on Spotify, you know, you you have your playlist, you listen to whatever it is, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, whoever you're your main artist is. And so Music Swipe really wants you to discover the new artists, the people that aren't really super popular yet, but still have great music out. And it's it's going to be like a dating app where you can just swipe and listen to 15 seconds of a song. And if you like it, you add it to your, your little doc. If not, you swipe left. And it's a really cool concept. So they were wanting to do a red carpet event and concert in Hollywood. They reached out to me to coordinate the whole event and just do press, invite people to the media portion of it, and then also the concert. And Christina was the first person I thought of to to bring on board since we've done events like this in the past at our old agency. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. I know, obviously, we have shared experiences, but then you have your own experiences in event planning. So I can confidently say we've we've both done events with multiple people, hundreds of people in the past that have led us to this event. Can you explain a little more on your background with events? Yeah. So I've been 
doing, you know, PR and events for about eight years now. So I've done everything from, you know, beauty launches to um, experiential events. um, And now I'm adding concerts to my roster. But I think events are so important. I mean, during COVID, it was really hard that we had to, you know, transition to virtual because it's just not the same connecting with people and networking in person, face to face. So I just think events are such a big part of PR and they're, they can really, you know, just do so much for a brand, especially when there is, you know, a huge new launch like Music Swipes app. So I think, you know, this was a great opportunity for us. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to do more of these. Totally agree. And I know this event in particular had a red carpet aspect to it before. So I, I personally did a red carpet event in May in San Diego for a television series premiere called On Deck. And we we did it at the Sugar Factory. It had a movie theater and it was just this whole production. We did everything from the guest list to making sure the red carpet was set up and had like a full functioning bar for guests to go to afterwards. So kind of the whole shebang. Have you done anything in that red carpet world yet to kind of set yourself up for this or step and repeats anything of that sort? Yeah. So I, similar to you, I think uh, we used to work on the Plaza Hotel as a client. So helped with one of their huge events, which was the Harper's Bazaar Icons Party. So helped out with that red carpet event and definitely a few others in the past. I've done like a Disney one a long, long time ago. So yeah, red carpet events are a whole other beast. I think you can agree. Yeah. It's more than just like inviting people and checking them in. There's just so many things going on. It's like you said, like making sure the step and repeat is up and making sure the interviews are happening on the red carpet and people are getting checked in and people aren't trying to sneak into the event. And meanwhile, we had, you know, the concert going on. So making sure the artists were getting on stage at the appropriate time and that all of our VIP guests were being seated in the correct area and that they were being taken care of, as well as the friends and family of the musicians and all of our, you know, general admission guests. Also for this event, we had the meet and greet portion, which was a whole other, you know, we'll go into all that. Okay. Okay. So for our listeners who might not know what exactly is a step and repeat, because I sure as hell didn't know until I knew I had to Google it, not this time, but um, years ago. So what what is a step and repeat? Yeah, so a step and repeat is those really large like banners that have usually the client's logo all over it and that your like VIPs stand in front of and they pose in front of it for pictures so that the brand is in like every photo. And it's literally called a step and repeat because traditionally you're supposed to step, get interviewed, step, and then repeat the interview, step and repeat the interview with all kinds of different media outlets. So it's, it's pretty straightforward, but you, yeah, you guys all know, you've all seen it. It's, it's just literally behind every single red carpet has everybody's logos on it. So when people are taking pictures, um, they have that promotion there for whatever event it is you're at. That's so funny. I didn't know that was why it was called a step and repeat. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like it's so it's so straightforward. And so I want to talk about this is kind of what we were going into earlier. Where do we start planning an event like this? So I know, for instance, we had so many prep calls just before the event even started. Like we touched base with the brand 
every single day, we had a text message chain with the brand that we would text in every single day. We also had emails every single day. So I kind of want to walk through how we we started planning it. So I know we only had two weeks lead time for this, which is crazy. We got it all done though. So this is different than than certain events. Like obviously lead time is going, going to vary based on the event. But for this one in particular, we're going to go off of this two-week lead time. Yep. And so let's just chat through just step by step our initial planning strategy, like starting with that checklist, starting with the run of show, like kind of what we needed to set up before jumping into everything to stay really buttoned up and organized. Yeah. So I think first was definitely creating like a huge checklist of everything we would need, everything the client wanted, and then communicating with them to make sure that everything they were picturing we were going to have on the day of the event. And then also like on our end, make sure that they're aware of like certain expenses that were going to be needed. And like literally trickling all the way down to the tiniest things, the acrylic frames that you put social media signage in and you stand on like every table. Um, So I think checklist was huge. I'm going to walk them through um, some things that we have on our checklist. Actually, I just pulled it up. So this was the event checklist for the Music Swipe Avalon event. So we we had it broken down into different pillars and categories. We had guest lists. There was a VIP area and then there was a general admission. So we had VIP area catering, VIP area ambiance, VIP logistics, VIP artist and talent management, event logistics. And then since it was a concert, we had a few bands. So we had Nightly, we had Calabasas, we had Ella Rosa. Those were the three performers. So we had all of their writer requests. And a writer request is basically when you're in the green room, aka kind of like the changing room, the the place you're you're kind of chilling in before the concert starts with your crew when you're a performer. It's like all the beverages, snacks that are back there that are super specific to the artist. So those are the specific categories we had. And then within those, it's like you said, Christine, it gets so nitty gritty. We have anything from food, napkins, utensils, garbage cans, trash bags to what music's playing when the artists aren't playing. Is there a Spotify playlist that we need to make? Pillows and banners, like you said, social media signage. Um, So it's on the table, just making sure everything's super branded. I know we had mirror decals. Is there car service, security, since we're going to be having VIPs, allocating where team members are going to be, catering, snacks, and I know like we had to stop by a smoke shop to get tobacco for one of the the artists. So just like all this crazy stuff. And, and none of that yeah. is even considering the logistics of actually setting up the red carpet and needing check-in tables, the sanctions, the everything, press passes, lighting, lighting like literally anything you could possibly think of. We had to run through on this checklist because if you forget one thing, like doesn't it just throw the whole event off? And also I think what makes our work unique is that we're not just event planners. So we didn't just do all of the event planning. We also then on top of that, we're inviting influencers, musicians, VIPs, media. So that was like a whole other thing that we needed to take care of. So a whole other list with multiple tabs, who was getting what wristband, inviting media, uh, agencies, 
following up with them, sending them calendar holds to remember the event day. Yeah. There's just, you know, so many things that go into it. Yeah. So I want to chat about how we stayed organized with that. So obviously we had the checklist for the on-site event stuff, but as you said, for the guest list, that's a whole different, that's that's a whole different project. Like you could have very much so hired, uh, this brand could have very much so hired an agency just to do the guest list and the red carpet and then just to do the event coordination. But since 1111 Media Relations and CMB Media Consulting are full-fledged 360 approach PR and media agencies, we we handled it all. And so let's chat through kind of what our guest list was and how we stayed organized with that. I know we had a few different strategies. Like I, I personally, and I know you did this too, we first reached out to our own networks and influencers that we personally know in LA. And then I know you had another awesome strategy that was very great that worked well for us is you reached out to LA talent agencies. Um, can you explain that? Like what you did, how that communication was with them and and how you secured some of their talent? Yeah. So a lot of it was, you know, just doing research and looking at people on Instagram. And we would look at people that we wanted at the event, go to their Instagram or their website, whatever it may be, find their contact information or whoever represents them, and then reach out to the agents. So we would send pretty much an invite, but explain that we were going out to them to invite X, Y, and Z to to this event. And most of the time they would come back to us and say, you know, like this person's available or this person isn't, but I can send you this person. So that was a great way of securing more RSVPs. Yeah, that was great. And those that I we just mentioned, those were just for the influencer side, but we also did the same thing, reaching out to our personal media contacts. And then we reached out to PR professionals that we know in our group, seeing if they have anybody they know in LA. And then I know we were doing research on who's covered past red carpet events before. You created a whole media list of LA-based entertainment editors and then local outlets. And then the same thing, reached out to those people. Yeah. And we also, I know you and I were also looking up social media editors. So people who like would actually come the day of and film and share like on the media, say on the publication's Instagram handles are on their TikTok. So we went out to all the social media editors. We had like a whole separate list for that. Yeah, because all of these social media accounts even have like millions of followers. And so that's still just insane coverage if they're just there the day of taking behind the scenes. Um, And so I want to chat through, we just mentioned sending emails to all of these people, but where do we find these contacts? I feel like that's a question that our audience might want to know. And that's something that we can kind of walk them through. I know we can find contacts for influencers on Instagram, either in their bios or they have like that contact button. But how how do we find those media contacts? And there's so much research that goes into it. There's so many ways to get a hold of people. What What worked best for us when we were just trying to do this so quickly? Obviously, we had two weeks for this. So we really needed to get the word out there fast. Yeah. So gratefully, I think the both of us have a tool called Cision, where we're able to log on and it's a tool for media contacts. So most publicists or PR agencies have 
a Cision account. This is something that we used every day we were going on to look up new writers. I mean, it provides you with email addresses. So that's a great way to reach out to them. However, some media are not on Cision. So another way to contact them is to look them up. Sometimes they have their email on their Twitter address, on their Twitter profile. Sometimes you can send them a DM and say like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Would love to send you an invite. Do you mind sharing an email address? Oh, we were DMing everybody. We were sliding in. Sliding into so many DMs. And even people that you like thought wouldn't respond, those are the ones that would. Like I remember a musician, he was like, hey, I'm actually touring myself. Like, but love the bands. Like, wish I could be there. Right. It's like the craziest people, like these famous people were actually replying to our DMs about coming to our event. We're like, wait, what? How are you seeing this? You have a million followers. I guess they all look at it. Yeah. So it's really all about like follow up and like kind of stalking people. (laughs) That's what we have to do. Um, And then along with Cision, there's also tools similar to it called like Muckrack. There's all these tools that only PR professionals, marketing professionals would really need. Like regular people wouldn't really need to have this like it's a mass database of contacts. I mean, like thousands and we have to pay a certain amount a month for it, um, a year for it. So if you are getting into the PR world, this is something that you should 1000% be investing in um, or else you you really can't do your job without it. Like how, I mean, you're from New York. I just moved to LA six months ago. So how else were we supposed to know all of these LA contacts without having access to this? Like we wouldn't have been able to do our job without Cision in, in this database. Exactly. And they do have different like levels that you can buy into. So I... I think Juliana and I both have like Cision Share, which is for freelancers. So it's a, it's a more affordable way to use the tool, but something you definitely want to account for and worth investing in if you're starting your own company. Completely. Um, and then I also want to chat through just how we sourced all the vendors. So for everything I mentioned in our event checklist that we set up, I mean, we had like I said, things from like napkins to mirror decals, signage, social assets, and So how did we go about sourcing those vendors and how does vendor selection impact the event? Like choosing one person over the other. I know I can kick off with saying that one of the easiest things for us, this made our life so much easier. Bless Leslie. Leslie, if you're listening to this, you are an angel from above. So the venue that we used was the Avalon in Hollywood and they thankfully had their own catering team, which was huge. Like we in-house catering. So we would have had to just like that took a huge chunk off our plate. A huge chunk. Yeah, it really did. For sure. So like something like that, like catering's a vendor. So how would we go about sourcing these? And, and obviously we would try to get as much from one vendor as we can. A lot of like these signage and printing places do different things. So how did we go about that? Yeah, I personally started by reaching out to people that I knew have done events in LA. Um, So whether that be like private chefs or that was before we knew they did in-house catering, but reaching out to, you know, my network of people, also an event planner that I've worked with in New York, she recommended using partyslate.com. So I, I made an account with them and you could easily access photographers, florals, venues, pretty much whatever you need. So I thought that was helpful. But I do think most of our vendors came from word of mouth. 
I was going to say like recommendations, so important, especially since we haven't done this huge event in LA to this scale yet. Like we, we have New York dominated and down. And so this was kind of uncharted territories for us since COVID. Like we didn't really have a chance to do these crazy events in LA. Like I know you've done a few before through our last agency, but um, that was years ago. So everything's kind of changed now. So word of mouth and recommendation from these people locally that are doing this more frequently, like that's so important and it impacts the event because it's just, it's going to be higher quality and it's going to like the tiny details count. Christina and I were at a Playboy party yesterday, which was super exciting. We're going to have somebody from the Playboy team um, come on the podcast as well because y'all definitely want to hear about that. They had (laughs) the tiniest details from the ice in the drinks they were making had a Playboy bunny decal on the ice. And they had the coasters that were branded like the magazines that were Playboy magazines just throughout the event, like every little tiny touch, the straws, whatever it was, it was all branded. So how much does detail take an event to the next level? And how does it add to that ambiance and that overall feel? Um, The details are so important. Like you said, the little bunnies on the ice cubes, like beautiful. Shucks. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they really do take it to the next level. They just elevate a brand. They make you look put together. I think they're just so important. Even if you don't have the budget to do maybe a design on an ice cube, it could be as little as getting like branded napkins, super cheap. Like, like you, a logo you, on you, it. You, yeah, you get them in a bundle pack of like 100 or 200 and it comes down to like $50. Like it's really not that much. So there's always ways to like work around it and still make an event feel unique and special. But just taking the time to like think through all those little details. And of, of course, I think that does come with experience and time, like thinking about yeah. those little things and the more events you go to and you see what other people are doing. But there's they, they are really important. And that's those are the little things that people are going to be Instagramming and then promoting for you. Yeah. So it's definitely something you want to keep in mind and kind of budget into your overall budget. Yeah. And and like you said, it doesn't need to be the most expensive thing. Like this is a testament to detail is that Christina and I are still sitting here thinking about the Playboy magazine party ice cubes. Like we're not thinking about Pamela Anderson showing up. We're not thinking about like who was on the guest list there. Saw some, saw some great people. We'll say that. No, (laughs) we're thinking about the ice cubes. So that's a testament to how important detail is to an event. And you do have to sweat the small things. And And like, I know something that was super important is being tagged, like you said, just having that organic product placement and those organic tags. And even if people, this is how important detail is. So even if people are taking an Instagram story and they don't tag your brand whatsoever, but if you have detail that has like branding in the venue, like we had these LED screens that said music swipe all over it on the tables we had social media signage that said music swipe, follow at music swipe. So in every video taken, no matter what, there was some type of logo, some type of brand affiliation within the shot. So 
even if you're not tagged, like people are still very much know it's a music swipe event. They very much are getting that, that branding and it's even, it's more organic too. So obviously if it's a tag, like that's so awesome, but there is also such value in organic product placement as well. And so that's something that the small details, the branding can really help with. Yeah. And even for Music Swipe, I remember we even wanted like the lighting in there to be red to match the branding. We even thought about the wristbands and which ones we wanted like the musicians and more like celebrities to wear. Um, We wanted them to wear branded Music Swipe wristbands so that when they were in pictures on the red carpet, you would see that wristband in the in the photo. Yeah, definitely. Speaking about those wristbands, we had like 17 tiers, it felt like we had like, I think it ended up being five or six tiers of wristbands. So we can chat a little bit more about the guest list. Like I know we chatted through invites and, and sending those out. So how do we know who to invite to an event like this? Like what was our strategy? What was our thought process to, okay, it's a concert, it's a red carpet event, it's a music brand. Like who are we going to invite? Who are we going to reach out to? Yeah. So first we wanted to bring in like all of the music industry writers, um, anyone who covered music, artists, entertainment. Then we also thought about kind of like the bands that were performing. So who would cover these like up and coming artists? So we reached out to kind of some of like the like the J14s of the world and the Sweetie High and some of those like more like cultural outlets. Yeah. That cover like pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. And then also went out to general like lifestyle entertainment writers that were based in L.A. Yeah. So to give some examples of those, like obviously there's the big ones like Rolling Stone, Billboard. And then we reached out to like entertainment is huge because it's a red carpet event and we have important people there. Like it's so easy and relevant to reach out to People Magazine, Us Weekly, Page Six, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, you know, just all of those quote unquote celeb gossip outlets. Like this is, this is like the Super Bowl for them, you know, like these red carpet events, like this is stuff they cover all the time. Like they have weekly roundups, like October 1st through 7th, like this is what the celebs were doing, you know, those kind of things. And So we went out to outlets like that and we, before all of this started, a part of our checklist was to draft outreach notes to these people. So we basically just created an invite. They had a graphic that the brand supplied to us and then we included the graphic and the invite just basically said like, hi, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to invite you to the Music Swipe event with Headliner Nightly on this day, we told them that there's Paso d'Oeuvres, there's an open bar. We gave them the exact time and location. We included COVID protocol, which mm-hmm. I think is super important. I'm sure you could agree in this day and age. And just kind of hyped it up, made it sound really fun. It obviously was really fun. So just creating that excitement. And then we also personally reached out to, I know Christina said these editors and writers that were in the music and entertainment industry, but also other fellow musicians, um, because this was obviously like an exciting musical event. And then my personal fave reality stars that are local (laughs) to the LA area, they, they love going to events and they are so fun. They're obviously just like 
down for whatever. And so stuff like this is, is really fun for them. So I know we each have like our favorite shows. Like I reached out to all the people from Too Hot to Handle, The Bachelor. And then Christina went out to a lot of Love Island and Temptation Island people. And we literally just Googled um, like Temptation Island cast or Bachelor whatever season cast. And then like looked them all up and saw who lived in LA. And then if they lived yep. in LA, we sent them a message. We sent them an email or we literally Googled Bachelor Nation that lives in Los Angeles and yep. <laughs> and messaged them as well. And then Music Swipe had their own list that they wanted us to reach out to, which this was actually super important. IMDb Pro. Yes. We love it. Tell us what that yes. is and why we need it and why it's important. So IMDb Pro is another tool where you're able to... It's another database where you're able to look up celebrity agents and publicist information. So you're provided email address, I think phone number, like location of where the agency is based. So it's really helpful. And that's how we were able to get a lot of information because like Juliana said, the client had an entire list of people they wanted us to go out to. And a lot of them were like, hire celebrities that, you know, you're not just going to find their information on their Instagram handle. Mm -hmm. So IMDb Pro saved our lives. And once again, that's something you do have to pay for. You do have to invest in just so the general population doesn't have access to Tom Cruise's publicist. He did not come to the event, but that was just the first person who popped in my mind. But IMDb, IMDb Pro saved our lives and I'll forever be grateful. I want to quickly talk through, I just, we keep bringing this up, but we never actually talk about it. The wristbands, we had these six years. So now that we talked about like who, what type of people were at our event, let's like walk them through. You made this like beautiful credentials list. Basically, that just means like who gets access to where. So let's talk them through like the different access levels we had? How did we in our heads determine who had what access? Um, I just want everybody to kind of hear about that. And this was really specific to this event. Like this isn't what happens at every other event. This was just like such a huge venue that we we needed to break this access up. Yeah. So usually there is like general admission and VIP. But for this event, we had so many different tiers of people. Um, so like Juliana said, I think we had like five or six. Um, so one tier was, well, general admission. They didn't actually even get a wristband because they were ticketed. So there was general admission. Then there was meet and greeters who were actually coming about an hour and a half early to the event. And they got to meet the band. And then the band did like an acoustic performance for them. So the meet and greeters had their own wristbands. And then we had different like VIP tiers. Just because, like Juliana said, the venue was so big and we needed to seat people in different sections. Because like some were kind of more private than others, some were better views than others. Yeah. And we didn't want it to be like a wedding where people are like literally assigned to these tables because it it just wasn't like that. Also, the day of the event, you don't know like who's going to come, who's going to bail. So we pretty much broke out people in like three different VIP tiers, depending on like their level of popularity, I guess you can say. It sounds mm-hmm. weird, but their know, Instagram right? following. Their, yeah. And then we also had like a separate tier for 
family and friends of the musicians, another wristband for all of like the backstage crew, another wristband for I think like the music swipe crew. So there were just a ton of different, you know, we had, yeah, yeah, there were a ton of different tiers. We had like a massive Excel with like broken out with everyone's names so that at check-in we knew exactly who was getting what. And we just tried to stay as organized as possible. Agree. And and so when this event, it was amazing. It went off. uh, It was awesome and had such a crazy, insane turnout. And so afterwards, we got a lot of publicity from the event. And so I want to talk about how media gets this information, gets images of the event. Did we pay for the coverage that we got from the event or did we get the coverage on our own? So we personally, we got Extra TV, Hollywood Life, E! News, MSN, KTLA. We had all of this amazing coverage from this event. So what were our strategies in garnering that? And that was like a nice little extra touch post-event. Yeah. So none of that was paid at all. I know Juliana was the queen of getting the Getty photographer there, which is awesome. Let's really quick talk about what is Getty real quick. Like, let's explain that because everyone knows what Getty is, but no one knows what Getty is. Like, we don't like, where did they come from? Why are they important? Why do we care? And so I feel like Getty's just like the top celebrity photo photographer. Like, yeah, that, so- how would you describe them? They're, yeah, they're a visual media company, so a photographer, that they provide these stock images, editorial photography to companies, businesses, the general public, if wanted, to use for like marketing and advertising purposes. It's an, it's important to use them because they also just offer so much credibility to an event. Like if we say we're having a Getty photographer at the event, they're like, oh, okay, like celebrities are going to be here. Like this is a good event. Like Getty doesn't just cover yeah. any random event, you know, like it's, it's got to be cool if Getty's going to be there. And so it also just helps boost SEO search and an engine optimization because people's names pop up. Like Christina Boyarski was at the music swipe event and it's a Getty picture on the internet. And it just like, it's just another online platform that publishes it. And then also these magazines, like let's say people magazine, they have budget to buy a photograph and then that's the high quality images they print in the magazine and online. And so Getty is kind of like the gold standard. And and we actually, we got them for free. So usually you have to pay for Getty. But if you have a lot of VIPs at an event, which we had to disclose some of the people on our guest list to get them to come. So if you contact them, say we have this person, this person, this person, they're all going to be walking the red carpet and you can get an interview with them if you want. They'll usually come and cover it for free as long as you have like a pretty good roster. So With that, I'll I'll let you explain again, like how we got all of this post-event coverage, why people covered it, they how did they know to cover it, like what assets did we send over to them? Yeah, so directly following the event, as tired as we were, we did a ton of follow-up the the rest of the week. The event was on a Wednesday night, so like that Thursday and Friday, we went we went really heavy on pitching and doing follow-up. So we did send all of the media the Getty image link, as well as, you know, we had a photographer that we paid for to come to the event and shoot photos. So we sent them links to both, you know, the brand photos and the Getty photography, kind of sent them details of who came to the event, kind of like a little recap. And that's really how we got most of our coverage. None of it was paid for. It was all organic. And some of it, like, even if it wasn't about music swipe necessarily, and it was more about, say, like a Vanderpump star that came, 
the image that they use, they're standing in front of our step and repeat that says music swipe all over it. That goes back to the detail. It goes back to the detail. And I think like the one sentence that they wrote about it was saying that these celebrities were at the music swipe launch event. So I think it was still, you know, we got like a mix of coverage of like the celebrities at the event and then also strictly about the launch. And also like the people we reached out to for this is people that couldn't make it to the event that we invited that were like entertainment editors were like, hey, we know you couldn't make it, but if it fits in your wheelhouse to do a little event recap, can you can you toss us in? Or we just reached out to these people that write like we said, hottest picks, party picks from this week. We reached out to people like that and just sent them the images. We made it really easy for them. Just told them exactly what to write. A lot of them just copy and paste exactly what we write. And it's just like seamless. And so that's how we got a lot of the coverage. But to wrap things up, let's just chat about what do we do when something goes wrong? Because Lord knows things went wrong and we fixed it on the fly. We adapted as we went which is so, so important. If you can't take stuff that's like flying at you, then you shouldn't be in event planning because so many things went wrong like a few hours before. I I know we we got there at 11.30 and the event started around like 6.30. We had the meet and greet, which was like the first kickoff. So thank God we got there so early. Let's chat through a few of the little hiccups we had. Oh, something's always going to go wrong. Like that's just how events are. There's so many things going on. Like there's always going to be like something that goes wrong. So you need to be flexible. You need to be, you need to stay calm, cool, calm and collected because you don't want the client to see you're freaking out. So (laughs) the first thing that went wrong was I think they happened at like the same time. Like Juliana went to go pick up the Chick-fil-A for the artist's. And I was starting to set up some of the decor and all of the mirror decals were printed wrong. And we ordered like 50 of them. And these were just like the logo that we wanted them printed onto the mirror just for that extra branding and product placement. And it's supposed to be like a nice, you pretty much like peel off. It's like one of those like kid tattoos, like that's how it works. And these were just printed completely wrong. Like it was on cardboard and you literally couldn't separate it. So I was on the phone with the the printer and he's like, what do you mean? Like he sent me the instructions. He didn't believe me. Then I'm opening up other things, realized a bunch of signage is missing, key learning to check everything prior to the event because they printed everything wrong. But gratefully, it was, the vendor was great. He actually drove there himself to the venue. Yeah, you were like, please come. And I'm not lying. I was like, you need to come because these mirror decals are not what you're describing. He comes, he was so embarrassed. He was like, I don't even know what these are. Like the team printed this wrong. So those were all wrong. Some other things were wrong that he printed. So he literally like drove them back, reprinted everything, brought them back like an hour or two before the event and everything works out. But at the same time, Juliana comes back with Chick-fil-A or was it the delivery first? Am I messing up the order? No, it was at like the same exact time. No, no, the delivery came first. The delivery came first and they forgot plates, napkins, and utensils. So we had all of this Chick-fil-A and literally nothing for this crew of 30 to eat on. And so we're like, hi, um, can you please provide us platters to eat off of? So people were like eating in their hands and then... Once all the food came, we needed so much more food. Like, I didn't know how much 30 big stage crew men. I didn't really know how much they eat. I know what I get at Chick-fil-A, my little chicken minis, my fries. No, 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 no. This stage crew, they eat. So we had to order more Chick-fil-A, pick it up because they couldn't do delivery last minute. So I mean, that's something that that wasn't really a problem. We just like saw that we needed more food. 
And then the bands, the infamous bands, wristbands we keep on bringing up, we had to change them last minute. So like Christina and I were talking about, we had like different sections for people. And so very, very last minute, we decided one of the sections just made no sense at all with how the flow was supposed to go. And so we had to go through manually literally 30 minutes before people were arriving and change like 100, 100 people on this list, change the whole It was color. like 92 people and like make sure they were all going to get this different wristband. But like check-in already, I think was like starting. Yeah, so oh, it was already just like starting. Be careful that none of those people that checked in were getting the wrong wristband. It was, but it all, it worked out really well. Like everyone was sitting where they were supposed to be sitting. Literally everybody. Magical. Because we were ready on the fly because we were ready. We didn't freak out. We were calm. We were strategic. We immediately came to the front desk when we knew we had to figure this out. I stayed around that area to make sure that the people, the staff that we hired for check-in, like knew the situation and just kind of managed it until we got a good hold on it. And so really, if you were watching behind the scenes, like as a client or as a guest, like you would have no idea anything happened whatsoever. It was just so seamless. And that's what's so important about being a publicist, being a good event coordinator. It's your job to just keep things super calm and super chill. Make sure everything works out, goes smoothly, even when it doesn't appear to be going that way. No. And then afterwards, we're just like, let's grab a drink and talk about that. So (laughs) thank you so, so much for coming on. This was so fun just to talk about event planning with you and just recap our experience together. I'm so excited for the next event we do together. I know it's going to be amazing. The fact that we pulled this off. How many people came? Like 600 people. So I know we can do anything now and super exciting. So can you let us know where can our listeners find you and your company? You guys can find me at CMB media underscore underscore. (laughs) And thank you so much, Juliana, for having me. This was a blast. This is so fun. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Behind the Media is a Red Rock Music podcast and is powered by ACAST. I'm your host, Juliana Martins. Our producer is Emma Martins. Our executive producer is Red Yoakum. For more, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Media Podcast. New episodes weekly available wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back next week for another look Behind the Media.